And we're back. Good. Hello. Are we musicians as well as award-winning podcasters? We really are. Our millions and millions of listeners can attest to my rhythm, you know. Adam asked me to stop singing along to wor- songs I don't know the words to because it's <laughs> annoying. I uh I do that all the time. I basically I don't know noise. any words. Yeah, to any songs that I like. I just know that the like phonetic sounds. So like I don't know the words. It's like I'm meowing. <laughs> Thank you. I'm making a shitload of noise because my computer came uncharged. How dare. The okay. nerve. I was so... singing while it was happening. So <laughs> it's for the best. It'll probably be a editing delight and i'm also a professional podcast editor so i don't see how it could go wrong so this is the spooky succubus cast i'm abby i'm rebecca and today we are talking about the shutter movie (laughs) the shutter movie we're talking about 2004 shutter the original version uh the original thai version Mm -hmm. written and directed by uh uh-oh we're going to have to say some Thai Here we names. go, yeah. And I'm not good at it, and I'm really sorry, and we both tried to look up Thai pronunciations of things, and I wound we're, up we're on some weird websites, um, and also I can't learn Thai in a day and a half. I'm also, really sorry. Also, yeah, we just, we're doing our best. Uh, but it's Banjong Pistathanakun. Yeah, and Park yeah. Poom Wong Poom. That's what I'm. That's that's how it's gonna happen. And I love this movie. I thought it was really good. Yeah, and it's the first time you've seen it, right? First time viewer. Yeah, yeah. Nice. I've seen it. This is probably like the third time I saw it. I'm always a first time viewer. I've never seen anything. It's okay. <laughs> that was like a good. I was just like, trying like, a little, making sure check. they're still there. They're still there. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to read the plot today and disclaimer at the top of the episode, if we mispronounce things or, um, are unintentionally insensitive to Thai culture in any way, and you have firsthand knowledge of Thai funeral culture, culture around ghosts, any of the things that we're talking about, please let us know. We'll be happy to adjust our shitty behavior. I always want to adjust my shitty behavior, but I am too lazy and stupid. Uh, we don't know anything generally, but I did spend um, some time furiously researching, and I found out some really, really interesting things about Thai culture. I look forward to hearing them. Did you work your little fingers to the bone? I did. I probably could have, should have worked a little harder. We can all do better, right? Um, we can always do better, and we can also honor that we're in the middle of a widespread public health crisis that is uh, grinding all of our wills to live down. So that's also happening. I mean, it's also count. Just like general capitalism has got me down, you know? Me too. I don't want to have a job. Me neither. Who does? I just want to, like, own goats and fuck off somewhere, you know? I've heard that you can actually knit, like, directly off Angora rabbits and Angora goats because it's so soft. That's the cutest thing. Imagine you just, like, crocheting off your goat. Yeah. You're just, like, peacefully, like, braiding your goat's hair. That sounds great. I'm afraid of getting bit by a goat. Well, don't do anything to make the goat bite you. I think that's... Are you victim blaming? Yes. When it comes to goats, they've done nothing wrong to anyone. Wait till we get to the witch. I'm going to have some a lot to say about it. The Vavitch? Yeah, the Vavitch... I just like demonization of goats. I don't appreciate. I just don't have the brain power to listen to their accents right now. It is like so much work. <laughs> right. Especially the uh, father with a really gravelly voice. I'm just like, what the fuck are you saying ever? I don't. It's the same way I feel about a lot of movies. I don't know that I got super into it because everyone else is into it. So it I was, was like, good. Meh. I don't really remember. I do feel like Robert Eggers, like, maybe look at your life and say, why am I so insistent on, like, utilizing the trauma of women to make my point in movies? Um, But, you know, whatever. (laughs) You do you, Rob. So. (laughs) Speaking of traumatization of women. Oh, yeah. Perfect segue. Look at that segue. 
So I have this one mustache hair. You know, I don't mind having a mustache. Like, it's just part of my life as a swarthy Armenian woman. Mm-hmm. But this one hair has, like, gotten to the point where it curls around into my mouth and makes my lip tickle. So that's where I'm at for today. Just pull that one hair out. You don't got to pull them out. Just I know. One. I kind of like it, though. It's like a little pet. Oh, Hi, buddy. Cultivating her. <laughs> yes. All right. Let's get into it. The plot is mine today. Um, if I mispronounce any names, again, I am sorry. So the opening credits run over photographs of a group of friends laughing, being developed in a dark room with the um, characteristic red tint of a dark room. We cut to the same group partying in an empty banquet hall at one of their weddings. Uh, They meet the main character, Tun's girlfriend, Jane, uh, and they just chat. There's chit chat. Uh, Someone got married. Getting drunk. Getting drunk, smoking ciggies inside, which I want to do all the time. (laughs) Right. Uh, and then Jane and Tun are driving home. Jane is distracted momentarily and hits a woman crossing the street, crashing her car into a billboard. Uh, they are unharmed, and when Jane tries to go check on the woman, Tun stops her and tells her just to drive away. She complies just as she sees headlights from another vehicle begin to approach the scene. Later, Tun is photographing a graduation and chatting with another friend, um, Nooch, I think? Nunch? Yeah. Sorry, you guys. We're sorry. Uh, Who mentions that she thought he and Jane broke up, um, which I don't know why that was. I thought it was going to be important later, and it never was. So, Well, because Tun has already graduated from Bangkok University, where Jane is still in school. and where Seemingly this... years ago. Like, right. She seems really the young for progressive. Yeah. I, like, I don't understand. Um, but then, yeah, so I'm assuming that this graduate knows Jane and they, like, saw each other. I yes. Don't know. Uh, so, I'm sorry. I don't know who I am. Uh, Tun is panning the camera over the graduating class, taking a group shot, and he sees the ghost of the woman they hit in a flash. At home, Jane is distant and angry with Tun for pretending like nothing happened, and she says she hasn't been able to sleep since that night. Tun is picking up photographs uh, from the graduation at the Photoshop run by a man named T. He finds ghostly white streaks throughout the photos and asks T if his processor is broken, but the negatives are also fucked up. So it is uh, all the way down to the core, baby. Straight to the source. (laughs) He's a fun character. He's like, he's joking around until later on when he's like kind of being creepy. Creepy. Yeah, he was fine until then, though. Yeah. Uh, Jane returns to the apartment and calls out to Tun. Uh, She hears a clattering in the dark room, but he doesn't answer. She continues to call out and sees shadows moving behind the door, but it's locked. The door starts rattling, goes silent, and creaks open. Jane enters, and the door clicks shut behind her. She sees the sink running and overflowing, and dark hair begins floating up from the water, followed by fingers gripping the edge of the sink, and then she Mm -hmm. can't get out. She's trapped. More but it was, doorknob jiggling. Doorknob jiggling. It was just a dream. You guys, don't worry. Bum, bum, bum. Bum, bum, bum. So she wakes up in her bedroom, or in Tun's bedroom. I don't think they live together. They don't, because at one point she's like, I'll stay the night. I'll keep you company tonight, or whatever. Also, he has, like, a twin bed, so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so she and Tun are sitting on the couch later, and he's inspecting his camera and trying to figure out why the graduation prints are ruined. Jane sees a ghostly face in the group photograph right next to Nooch and asks if he thinks the woman they hit is dead. So this was the most confusing municipal building I've ever seen in my life. I assume this is the funeral foundation. Uh, yeah. And Do you know? Like things like I don't know exactly. Um, and my I tried to research this. Specific I couldn't figure scene, it out. But like spirit houses are a thing in thailand and like in thai buddhist traditions and mm-hmm. so i'm assuming that this is something similar something like, like something that. akin to that yeah so jane burns an official looking document in like a meditation bowl or like a ceremonial bowl and they walk through boxes uh that have pink labels and then they stick the labels on just like seemingly random or selected at random boxes and then there's a bulletin board of car accidents. Which was scary. Which was scary. And then I, they see a white shadow in one of them. I think 
we probably should have said this at the beginning, like before anybody watches this movie, um, that there's like several trigger warnings. Oh like, yeah. Super, super trigger warnings. Like so for rape sexual and violence, for yeah. Suicide and yeah, so just throwing that out there because I forgot. We should to say do it that earlier. every time, actually. We should do that every time. But we're bad at this. Bad just at our kidding. jobs. That's not our job. <laughs> right. One day, you know. We can just podcast and hang out with goats. That's my dream. That would be nice, yeah. I would like to right. not live in the city anymore. There's no <laughs> space for goats here at all. I know. No goat bandwidth. Oh. All right, what's happening at this spirit house? Slash. Well, uh, they're, we're done with that, so get over it. We're done it. with that. I'm sorry. <laughs> they're driving back to the accident site, and they ask a worker what happened. He says a car ran into the billboard, but no one was hurt. Uh, Tom calls around and finds out that there's no record of any accident that night. Jane insists that even if nothing happened to the girl and she's fine, there's still something haunting them in the photographs, but Tom refutes her. Back in his dark room, he's looking again at the graduation photographs. When he is developing the group photograph, the face, the ghostly face next to uh, Nooch turns to look at him, and he's startled. I was also startled. It was a good scare. Yeah, it was a good jump scare, yeah. He takes them back to T uh, and tries to get answers about the shadows, and T just says they're double exposures. Jane's in a lecture because she's still in college. Also, I feel like... Does college mean secondary education, like, the same way that it does in the UK? Or does it mean, like, college the way we think about it in the U.S.? Because all these people look very young. They do look young. But then I'm like, am I just old and they look young? But it's it, she's going to Bangkok University, so I don't know what that right. means. Right. I don't know either. But uh, I don't think that Jane should date Tan. I think she should get out of there. She should definitely get out of there. Um, I also she's also studying photography, which I think is pretty interesting. I think it's so that she knows how to develop photographs later on in the movie, but I also think it's interesting that like she's taking over a male gaze in the narrative. But anyway. That's true. I didn't even mm-hmm. think of that. So she's in a lecture, and the lecture emphasizes that photography does not always convey reality. And on the way home, she passes a newsstand and sees a tabloid about spirit photography. In the dark room, Tun hears Jane come in, but then the phone rings. He goes to answer it, and it's Jane telling him she'll be by in the afternoon. He goes silent, puts the phone down, and enters the dark room. It's empty, but a breeze is blowing through the photographs. They are in the car. They're always in the car, and he always makes they Jane are. drive. <laughs> uh, yeah, because he's like, he's too lazy. He he's needs fallen to be apart by the woman. Uh, uh, so in the car, he's having neck pain, and this is where they say the funeral foundation sent them to one of the tabloids that publishes the spirit photographer spirit photographs, uh, and they're watching an editor photoshopping these ghost photographs. Do you have something to say? Well, she also sees the tabloid when she leaves the lecture. She just like, so I thought that she just researched this tabloid and was like, hey, let me go check it out. Yeah. But they right. said the Funeral Foundation sent them. I don't, I don't know. Maybe she lied to him. That's what Maybe I Maybe you're lying to me right now. I don't know. Oh, God. Whew. So uh, they are watching this editor um, manipulate ghost photographs. And Jane is looking at his entire wall of images and asking if the pictures are fake. That editor calls for his boss, and then they meet with the editor-in-chief, who says everybody fakes ghost photographs and that those issues always sell the best. Jane asks if they're all fake, and he says that he didn't say that, and shows them him the first photo he, excuse me, shows them the first photo he ever had, which he took at home. Uh, There's a shadow in the back that looks like his mother, and it was taken years after his mom passed away. He says the pictures have stories behind them, and he believes the dead return to the living with messages. Tun asks how they know they're not just bad exposures, uh, and the editor-in-chief notes that you can't really easily fake Polaroids because they're so immediate. Jane asks how they know what they how they can know what the ghosts want, and the man replies that the answer could be in the photo. That was a challenging paragraph to read. I feel like I'm going to listen back to it and kind of be sad. 
so let's just I keep was, going. I, I got what you were saying. Thank you. You, you did so well. The, that, the spirit photo guy who doesn't get a name, I don't think, is like an interesting character because he has this relationship to fake to ghost photos with his mom and then fakes them for a living. So it's I like he like knows it. he's being fraudulent, but like knows that it's like only in service of scaring people and that's a right. fun thing to do. So Tan is taking wedding photographs for a couple. Uh they finish up and then the lights begin flickering. He calls for his assistant, but he doesn't come and the camera is flashing and Tun panics. The flashing continues and he stumbles seeing the ghost girl coming towards him, but then he manages to throw the light switch. He's being weighed at the doctor, uh, and the doctor tells him there's nothing wrong with his neck in the x-ray, but Tun insists that it's really hurting him. While picking up his prescription, he hallucinates that the pharmacist is calling him a lying bastard, and he (laughs) runs away. I thought it was pretty funny. I was like, you are a lying lying bastard. bastard. Yeah, I mean, he is a lying bastard. And he should treat all women in his life better, so. Yeah. Seriously. Jane, poor Jane, so much emotional labor for her in this movie. God, she's, like, exceedingly patient and kind and understanding. She deserves so much better. And the fact that, I mean, we'll talk about this, the fact that she goes back to him at the end, no, go away. Oh, my God, I have so much to say. So Tun studies the photographs at home, but he gets frustrated. He goes to visit Jane at school and finds her reading a book. He approaches from behind and sees blood dripping on the book. And when she turns her head, her teeth fall out and her eyes bleed. <gasps> I hated it. <laughs> I hate <laughs> I knew you're going to be upset. Uh, it turns out it was a dream. Another fake out, guys. They got us. Always. So but many then- dreams. So many dreams. He hears someone in the apartment and sees a shadow come across the room. He sees his friend Ton, who says that he is about to die. Uh, Ton says to bring him the photos and asks if he remembers that bitch. Uh, Ton starts to yell and tells him again to bring the photographs. Ton calls uh, Ton's wife and turns his back, but when he turns around, Ton is gone. <gasps> Jane comes home. There's so, like so much activity in this movie. I'm gonna die. <gasps> There's a lot of like we're here, we're over there, we're there. no we're here, no we're, we're in there. the car, we're back yeah. in the car, 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 lots of car. Yeah. Jane comes home and sees Ton rummaging through old pictures and knocks some photographs off the coffee table. She looks at them. They're Nooch's graduation photographs with the white shadows, and Jane notices that the shadows are landing on a particular part of the university building. She visits the building and takes a Polaroid, but doesn't see anything unusual. She enters the room where the uh, ghost is concentrated, and it's a science building with lots of animals in jars and taxidermy. There's a so breeze. many jars, so many animals, so many, so many jars. It's so clean. I and love that room. There's no one around. She just like waltzed into this yeah room. No, no key around. card or anything, right? Seriously. Well, maybe she does have a key card because it's she goes to college there. I guess, yeah. I don't know. It just seems creepy to have just, like, this room full of jars. I guess that's also the point of it, but... It was a pretty spooky room, for sure. It kind of reminded me of my high school, because I went to vocational agriculture high school. So there were a lot of, like, cow and horse fetuses and jars in my homeroom. Wait, I never knew this. What? Yeah, VOAG. Vocational agriculture. What did you do there? I just went to school there, but there was an a VOAG program that was a I big was like, arm were of you the, researching the horses? Okay. There was like you could be present at a horse birth, you could learn taxidermy, you could learn horticulture. Oh yeah, my it's god. Pretty crazy. That so is crazy. In gym class we would like run by the cows and like stop to see them and stuff. I never told you this before. No. And you know my love of cows and other farm animals. Yeah, it's cute chickens you ever watch a a horse birth uh no i never attended a horse birth but the sheep and goats were really cute you could visit them like kind of whenever and then of course there was the uh what's the like future far ffa the future farm farmers of america had like a very significant chapter at my high school oh my god all i had next to our high school was a taco bell like there's nothing fun totally different cow there yeah i feel like there is like a weird culture though because there's like yeah the farmer kids and then like (laughs) 
there were the, the scene farm kids. farmer kids there were scene kids because like scene was like big 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 back in like 2000 whatever six when i was in high school and were then you, there were like you weren't a scene kid I was just talking to Adam about this the other day. I feel like I tried to straddle too many worlds because I wanted to be like a jam band person. Like I wanted to be like really into fish, but I couldn't commit enough because I don't like fish enough. So then I kind of tried to be like a scene kid and then I tried to be like a quirky art girl. So it just didn't like really make for anything cohesive. I feel like if I think about my aesthetic now and my behavior, I... I'm I'm not proud. I'm not proud. <laughs> I was like, I guess I did also kind of straddle a couple of categories because I just you can't be into jam bands be, and be a scene kid at the same time. Right? Oh God, I was definitely not into jam bands. I think Don't that was judge maybe me. over. I think that was maybe over by the time I went to high school. Girl, it is not over now. People it's not, have I dedicated guess. their lives to fish. Uh, I was definitely like the scene kid, and all of like I went to a lot of shows. A lot of when side we didn't things. call them concerts, we called them shows because a lot of them were in parking lots. Um, but I also was like a nerdy artsy girl, and I sp- yep, the only yep. like I was in the art club, but then I was also on the swim team, and all of my oh. friends were like in student council, even though I never did that. But like it was just weird. Yeah, student council, no, not my thing. I was in the National Art Honor Society, which was a not productive part of my life. <laughs> I was also in Future Educators of America. I did that. Um, that was like the my first art competition win. Was like I designed the T-shirt for that year's con- that year's. Do you conference. still have the T-shirt? I do still have the T-shirt. It was it's not that great, but everyone at the conference was it. wearing it, and I was like, "Holy fuck! I made that!" Yeah. Um, we'll put it on the Instagram. Just kidding. We'll probably forget. We don't forget. have to. No, it's, <laughs> we'll definitely forget. All right. All right. Here we go. So she's in the science building. A breeze uh, goes through the curtains and she takes another Polaroid, but that one comes out normal as well. Uh, she takes another picture. She walks through the shelves of specimens and this one shows the girl. Uh, just then a photograph clatters off the wall and shows a woman in the same clothing as uh, the woman they hit dated 1995. Tun is visiting Ton to check on him, but no one answers. He enters and the apartment is in disarray. There's a broken mirror with blood that looks like a head was smashed into it. Uh, back at the apartment, Jane is looking through an old yearbook and finds the girl, Netnapa Chan Nyam, uh, called Nat for short. She finds a photograph of Tan's friend group with Nat in it and pictures of her with Tan. At Tan's house, Tan finds similar photographs out on the table. He tries to catch Tan just as he runs and jumps off the balcony but fails. Uh, Outside at the accident site, Tan is dead because it was a very high building. Oh my gosh, they have such high buildings. Huge building, yeah. Yeah. And she says, don't you know what was bothering him? It's because the other friends have all committed suicide. Tun didn't know, but all three of the friends he sat with at the wedding also killed themselves by throwing themselves off of buildings. But Not like, in no close one... contact with your friends. I mean. Right, yeah. No one called him? Like, nobody, he didn't know? I'm so confused. It is confusing. I guess, like, he does have guilt over this incident and hopefully like is trying to distance himself from these friends but still yeah like their mom didn't call you i don't know yeah right the other obviously wouldn't have told because he's not in a great mental space right but Um, it seems like they would have had enough connections that they would know right and it's is this modern day it's 2004 so like there are phones call the call the phone yeah call the phone boop 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 (laughs) Jane asks who she is back at the apartment and says she knows that she's the shadow in the photographs. Tun says he knew her in college. Her name is Net. Uh, she was quiet and didn't have any friends, so he felt sorry for her, and they secretly dated. She loved him a lot, bought him a camera, was super affectionate, but he began to pull away, as they do. Gross. Right. Oh, did I confuse you into thinking I'm interested in you by seriously dating you for three months? <laughs> no. 
Yeah, she's clingy because her partner implied that he loves her. So she's yeah, she's clingy like a because person in love. Yeah, you're changing your behavior without any like seemingly seeming warning sign or like mm-hmm. whatever. We can talk about it for years. <laughs> the men that have he's gaslit toxic. me. He is super toxic. <laughs> super so, hot. He's super That's hot super too. Uh, and then we see a shot of Nyet boarding the elevator with Tun and his friends, but they all tease her and Tun doesn't stick up for her. Of course, classic. Of course we knew this would happen. Later, he breaks it off with her and she's distraught. She threatens to kill herself uh, and Tan doesn't know what to do. So um, Tan said he would take care of it. And after that, Nat disappeared. Tan says he is probably the next to die. His neck is still bothering him. Jane just tells him to sleep and that she'll keep him company. The next day, they're driving and uh, they pull over so Tan can poop. And he is smoking in a bathroom stall, presumably to get the poop flowing, if you're asking me. That's like a perfect method. With ashtrays above the toilet paper holder. Perfect. Just, you're not sure. It's like totally brewed. You're not sure. You're totally ready. Smoke a butt. You got everything going. Things will start churning and turning. Interesting. Cigarettes. Do cigarettes make you poop? poop? Yes. (laughs) The answer is yes. Yes. Good to know. So he hears someone come into the next stall and asks if they have toilet paper. Uh, He sees a hand with red nail polish come under the stall and panics. Uh, And then he kicks it open in fear, but it turns out to be a sex worker. Offensive as fuck that the only moment of levity and comedic like relief in this movie is at the expense of a sex worker. But I'm sure we'll get into it. God, yeah. It's, um, yeah, it feels, it feels bad. Doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel right. Yeah. (sighs) Sorry. Stretching out. Stretching (laughs) out. They continue driving and Tun sees Nat on the road and speeds away. He's going like way too fast and sees her lurking on the passenger side window and on the hood of the car. They pull over. It's pretty funny. It's pretty her, funny. Her like flying along like, on hey. the side of the car like. Ah. Yeah. yeah. Just like catching a little breeze. Yeah. Right. So in uh, Nat's hometown, they look for her mother's house. She invites them inside and they say that they're Nat's friends. She says she's not feeling well and is taking a nap, but asks them to stay for dinner and she'll call Nat down then. Tun and Jane suspiciously go upstairs where they see tons of dusty apothecary bottles. They enter Nat's bedroom and see her sleeping from behind, but when they turn her over, it's a severely decomposed corpse, which was... Like, kind of a welcome, like, scare and, like, real-life moment in this horror movie. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. It was good. People are so weird with death, and I just love talking about it, as you know. Well, we'll get into, like, later on, you know, the different cultures, like, Thailand and Buddhism versus American, like, Western ideas of death. But, like, the fact that they didn't run screaming from the house is, like... That is what, exactly what would happen in an American movie. Yeah, horror they were just but like, they stay. let's deal with this. Yeah, yeah. let's talk about your grief, lady. So downstairs, they talk to Nat's mother about her issue, which is the dead body in her home. Uh, she, sa- <laughs> she refuses to hold a funeral for her, but they show her the images of Nat haunting the campus and say her spirit is restless. Uh, Nat's mother asks if they know what happened to her. And uh, they don't respond, but then she eventually agrees to hold a funeral for her. So at the, this is not the cremation ceremony, but this is a ceremony where you can, like, offer, um, like, cloth to the body for, like, its journey. And I think, like, mm-hmm. it's where monks do a ceremonial funereal chant. So they're there doing mm-hmm. some chanting. A man tells them that Nat was different when she came home and wouldn't say what happened in Bangkok. She tried to overdose on pills, but her mother got her to the hospital in time, so she ended up jumping off the hospital roof to kill herself. Her mother went a little crazy and refused to cremate her, so people in the village stopped associating with her. Hmm. I know. It was a nice house, too. It was a beautiful house. And she seemed like a nice lady just trying to get by. Yeah. She's going through a lot. Yeah, for sure. Tan feels Nat behind him and gets scared, disrupting the prayer. And then they return to the hotel. 
but Tan cannot sleep. Uh, Jane asks if he loved Nat, and he says he tried to and believed that one day he would, but he was fooling himself. He was horrible to her when he broke it off, but she still loved him. He just wants it to be over and will die if she wants him to, but then Jane comforts him, which is like, you don't, you don't have to. He doesn't deserve it. He really doesn't deserve Jane at all. So Tan wakes up in the middle of the night startled and tries to go back to sleep, but he sees that his blanket is being pulled off of him and he sees Nat at the end of the bed. Okay, and what is the problem with this scene? You're sleeping what? in your outside jeans, okay? You're oh, yeah, sleeping one of on my big questions. In your jeans. You wore your jeans in the town. They're covered with dirt and bacteria. Yeah. How can it be Why comfortable in your jeans? on your balls? Just take your jeans off. Why? Oh, God. So upset. Oh, but then there's also the ghost. Uh, So she disappears, but then comes face to face with him and he runs out of the room. He's in the hallway uh, and she walks upside down in the ceiling towards him and he runs into the stairwell. He's trapped on floor four, no matter how many flights he runs down. But then he eventually finds Jane, who yells at him for leaving her before turning into Nat. Uh, He keeps running and crawls out onto the fire escape. As he descends the ladder, he looks up and sees Nat following him. She startles him, and he slips, falling multiple flights down. This dude is indestructible. He felt like survives yeah. two very severe falls off buildings. So uh, I don't know. I don't know He's about terrible. Yeah. He wakes up in the hospital with Jane next to him. She tells him Nat's body will be cremated today, and it will be over. Uh, so they go to the cremation and then drive home together. Back in Bangkok, Jane picks up photos at T's shop, uh, and they are vacation photographs, which is cute. In the role, she finds photographs of them while they're sleeping, with Nat's ghost crawling uh, incrementally through each photo towards the bookshelf. Jane goes over back at home to find the bookshelf, uh, or excuse me, to find a book stash behind the shelf with negatives. When she develops them, there are images of Tun's friends raping her uh, and when Tun finds Jane in the dark room she calls him an asshole but he wants to explain so we cut back to the scene of Tun finding the other uh, men sexually assaulting Nat Tan tells him to take a photo so she doesn't talk and he does it as shaking as she screams out for him to help her uh, he says he never forgives him forgave himself and Jane leaves which is the right thing to do Jane yeah, seriously. Good for you, Jane. Finally. Yeah, get the fuck out. So later he burns the photographs. Uh, he realizes Nat is in the house and calls to her. He ca- begins taking Polaroids around the apartment to find out where she is, but he can't find her. He tosses the camera on the ground. It clicks and takes an image, which he picks up. In the image, he sees that she's sitting on his shoulders, which has been causing his neck pain. And we flash back to his neck, being weighed at the doctor when he was double his normal weight, all these other things. Uh, And then she covers his eyes and he's thrown out of the window. But he doesn't die because he's unkillable. So at the hospital, Jane is going to see him and she sees him bandaged from his fall and opens the door to his hospital room. As the door swings open, Nat is seen still on the shoulders of Tun in the reflection of the glass door. Finn. The end. Oh, yeah. Oy it's vey. good. It's a good movie. It I is mean, a good yeah, movie. trigger warning for sure. Um, there's some bad shit. Some, like, a very uh, explicit rape scene and lots of suicides and wrist cuttings um, and, like, female assault. But. Yes. Uh, and we'll put that in our description of the episode, too. Right, yeah. T-W, flash, flash, flash. Flash, flash, flash. What do you want to talk about first? Do you want to, like, like really stumble our way through um, Thai Buddhist culture and, like, what death means to in that culture? Yeah, let's do it. So I don't know anything about anything. I did some very rudimentary research on... Thai funereal culture and also uh, the ghosts and spirits in Thai culture. Uh, and most spirits in Thai culture are considered benevolent, except for um, ones particularly that have been wronged during their life. And they kind of like seek out the people that wronged them, which is in line with this movie. 
And as mm-hmm. I said before, funereal culture, uh, the rites are not complete until the body is cremated. And in Buddhist funerals, cremation is uh, the standard. And there's usually like a viewing slash like mourning period of three to seven days where the body uh, in past years would stay in the home, but now is usually um, held in a Buddhist monastery. And yeah, they're there. The rites are performed, which is like the the monk speaking and the before the proper burial. But mm-hmm. Buddhism in Southeast Asia developed alongside um, ancestor worship that was already in place. So even though right, like Buddhist texts aren't explicit about like spirits and offerings of spirits, it's like it goes along with that Theravada Buddhism, which is like what's practiced in Thailand. But I know nothing about anything. Um, well, yeah, and I think so... what you mentioned earlier is really interesting because. Uh, Thai culture and as long along with like many other Asian and um, Middle Eastern cultures like pretty much all cultures except for American um, Mm -hmm. really have no fear of dead bodies like I would be really curious to see like the etymology not etymology but the like through line of when this like fear of not only just death itself but of a dead body like something that is devoid of life and literally just like carbon and decaying flesh and like matter right. became so instilled in us you know because, because in yeah, this movie in it's not culture. like it's not scary that right. matt's mother is keeping her body in the house they're just like oh we like need to help you because you haven't moved through your grief it's also they're concerned about the spirit that can't right. be put to rest until the body is cremated so yeah. like that's pretty self-serving they're... from ton and pretty bold of ton to go in that house frankly honestly doesn't he i like how do you not hate yourself and i guess that's part of it is that he does hate himself um but it's also in japanese culture which so this is a very j-horror structure j-horror structure and like a western horror um like plot structure Mm -hmm. but they so they wanted to make this movie so that it would have like global success and they were did it perfectly but it falls along with um like the vengeful spirits in japanese folklore so like the Mm -hmm. traditionally the soul the reikon when a person dies it leaves the body lives in purgatory until it's had the proper like burial rites and then if something isn't done correctly or if the person had like very strong emotions then they can bridge the gap between the physical and the spiritual world and they're yure yure i think y-u-r-e-i um and the like vengeful spirits are called on on roy on ro i don't know you're doing great y-r-o you don't know what you don't know but if someone corrects us you're gonna Please know correct the pronunciation. me. I would love. Yeah. I would love to be corrected. Um. So that's net falls in this category of like right. the onroy, and they're typically, especially in J horror movies like Juan that came out in two thousand two and Ringu that came out in nineteen ninety eight. They're like white figures with dark black hair, long yeah. dark black hair, and, and they, usually um, like a white flowy garment. Yeah. Or something pure, like a schoolgirl outfit. Like right, right. Nets wearing. Um, because they're like subverting that like Isn't it amazing how uh the grudge existed, which is just like a J horror movie for white people taking place in Tokyo just like literally filled with only white actors and actresses. I that movie it. is offensive as shit. Um, they bad. also remade this movie with white people, even though there was absolutely no need to do that. Yeah, and this, this movie, movie is was like, good. So, the, yeah, this movie is like a new Thai, a modern Thai horror movie made for like global appeal. So they use the J-horror structure, but then instead of just making uh, the like female, vengeful female spirit, a one note um like straight ahead plot point which is like okay you hit me with your car so i'm really mad now it's so much more (laughs) complex than that it's so interesting yeah it's very complex and it also goes you know being hit with a car is enough of a reason to fucking haunt the shit out of someone especially if it's a hit and run (laughs) i mean just like 
You know what I did? I know what you did last summer. You know what I did last summer. I know what you did last summer. I, I did nothing last summer. I sat <laughs> We all did bed. nothing last summer. Um, but it's also like, it's a very, it's like a movie that is also talking about like rapid modernization in Thailand and yes. how like, I mean, so that's the interesting part is that it happened in the 1980s and that women were the main laborers of like, they worked in factories of commercial sex work of household labor. And they were the least of them women and specifically women of ethnic minorities in rural areas suffered because of this rapid, rapid modernization. So this movie is like discussing the patriarchal control of the feminine, but then also appealing to Western culture. So it's like sort of erasing what it's talking about. It's a little bit of a Frankenstein. Yeah. It's yeah. It's like uh, all mooshed together. But the exploitation is like illustrated, like the with the monstrous feminine, which is net. Like that's her character is like this this woman who's been wronged by men, and so she comes back to seek this vengeance. Yeah, uh, and then I think also like the nod to the fact that Thailand is like a huge global hub for sex work, but not really like. I don't know. It does feel like that sort of like nod to the sex worker in the bathroom was just to sort of like bring levity and appeal for Western audiences because it's such a like universal thing that Westerners understand about Thailand. And I was like pretty disgusted by it. Like, um, um, that's gross. We also are following like very affluent uh, people like they're going to mm-hmm. university. Tons. They job have like a photographer. apartments. Yeah. Right. Ton, like, ton lives in like a nice studio but ton lives in this like beautiful high like rise penthouse. and yeah. like yeah i don't know so and then um, it does feel like when they go to see nat's mother they're sort of like marginalizing her babying the her villagers the vi- yeah. they're infantilizing the villagers and they sort of like impose their will upon them uh because it's for their own ends and not really like truly benevolent we're also like the names are really easy to pronounce. Like one of the, Jane, her name is Jane. Like that's like our. But main then it's like crazy character. if you look at the IMDb page and you look at the names of all the actors and actresses like right. next to their like name on screen in this movie. And I was like, oh, this is bad. Yeah, this is there, a, yeah. It's uh, this is a whitewashing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's, like, I don't know, but they made it with that purpose to, like, also hopefully bring attention to, like, the female exploitation in Thailand. Mm-hmm. But it's, like, yeah, it's, I don't know. Because one article that I read was arguing that um, that Shudder can be seen as a progressive c- critique of female abuse at the hands of patriarchy and capitalism. But at the same time... I don't think so. It's the women are returning to their oppressors. Like, that's exactly what happens. Like, right. an oppressed woman seeks to warn another woman who is potentially in danger at the hands of this, like, really toxic man, but at the end, both women are still attached to their oppressor. Like, it's upsetting. I don't know. So, it's a complex, complicated movie. And I also think, yeah, this sort of idea that you can have this undying love for someone, even though they betray you and are toxic to you, and you still retain loyalty to them is super damaging and not in any way like a subversion of patriarchal values because she doesn't right. really want to kill Tan. She wants to torture him, but also keep him near her and like yeah. close to her. Her goal is to have him all to herself. And to, so she seeks vengeance on the men who raped her and physically abused her, but then seeks to have like the man who use, who also abused her and let this abuse happen she wants to be closer to him like that just seems real fucked up and it's also like mental mental health wise seems like a little reductive to be like well she was just obsessed with this guy not that like um i think nat needed help she needed like medication i think it's also reductive to be like uh yeah no she like this one guy fucked her over so she killed herself like Right. You can like, have no you can have no life after sexual violence and like you can you have to be reduced to killing yourself because of the like violent betrayal of toxic men. Right. There's no getting back from that. And there was yeah. no recourse at the hospital to like help her get right. um get over this. But 
at the same time, it was it was a woman killing men, so I had a good time. I liked it. I think they all should have died, yeah. I think they all probably should have died. I also appreciate that she didn't kill Jane and that she, she was trying to, to warn Jane. her yeah. the whole time. And that, um, like, one of my favorite through lines, if I can use your Ooh, word, la, la, is the, door, the, the doorknob jiggling was, like, such a, like... Like, get out, get out, get out, get out. Get out, yeah. yeah it's like she's being barred from something and she's, like, trying to give her this knowledge. And so we see the doorknob jiggling... Um, originally when Jane is alone in her dream in Tun's apartment and that she can't get out of this dark room and there's a fear of something that's trapped in this room with her, the same fear that Nat had when the men were abusing her. Mm-hmm. And then later on, when we go to the fla- the flashback, it's the same doorknob jiggle. It's just like, it's really good. It's like a nice symbol. Um, I also, clean. though, I think it's really frustrating that Nat had to be, like, a demonstrated, intelligent, promising person uh, to be sort of, like, worthy of sympathy. Like, she was obviously extremely intelligent. She was going to college. She was affluent because she bought, like, ton this camera. And, right. like, she's really devoted to him. But I feel like her devotion and her uh, experience as a survivor of sexual violence would not be written the same way if she was a commercial sex worker or like a quote unskilled laborer or something like that like she has to have this like remarkable streak of intelligence uh and access to higher education to be considered like truly worthy of our sympathy right i mean it's the same with jane is like she's our female protagonist she's smart she's beautiful She's socially acceptable more so than Nat was. Yeah, which um, is like hammered home literally in the first like minute like, of the she's movie. She's awkward. Yeah. She's an awkward girl, so everyone hates her. And yeah, and that like Jane gets along with his friends and she's the one who's driving this discovery plot. She's the one and it's like often seen her pushing Ton to do things. She's driving the car. She's the one who wants to go to Nat's mother's house she you know so she's the one who's really leading the uh, i accidentally turned a podcast on my phone sorry. cameo by watch what crappens <laughs> it's my bravo podcast i was gonna say why does that sound familiar watch what happens because i talk about it all the time probably Cute. um but yeah i don't know what else were we talking about Sorry, that is you were like really on a roll. And I, I was, was on a roll. No, uh, we can talk about Ton. Oh, he's awful. How shitty he is. Uh, he's hot, but he's shitty. Uh, he's also played by Adnan Evering Everingham, who is who's like it's also kind of fucked up that like the male protagonist in this movie is um someone who's of Lao and also Australian descent because he has Western features. It's like yeah. Cool. Yeah, and I feel like he has Western features and his friends have less Western features. Right. And they are characterized as, like, being the main perpetrators of the violence. Right. Particularly, I would say, Tan, who I I would argue looks like the most classically Thai of any of them. And he's the sort of, like, ringleader. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, he's, like, a shithead from the very beginning. Yeah, and he, it's, like, demonstrated that he's unfaithful to his wife, you know, unkind. Like, he's characterized as bad, and he definitely is the darkest one of them. Yeah. And, yeah, and so Tun is attractive, redeemable, amiable. He's, like, we have sympathy for him because he, like, didn't know what his friends were did to this woman who was, uh, like, suffocating him and stalking him. And then we learn that um, he was also a perpetrator of this abuse and refused to help her. But then at the end, we still have, like, a little tinge of sympathy for him because, like, we are seeing this through Jane's eyes. Like, we're discovering the plot along with Jane, and she goes back to him, and she, like, feels horror for him, and then we see, like, his fate of, like, having to be trapped with Nat forever. Like, I just, I don't appreciate this, like, sort of, like, slight redemption of him. Like, he's no, a garbage and, person. Yeah, the fact that, like, he just looks so sad and he's, like, yeah. leaning over, his head is bandaged, and you can see, like, Jane is experiencing sympathy and, like, yeah. her heart is opening to him and that's, like, it could have been the same closing scene without Jane in it where it's just, like, you know, 
you like pan into that room the door closes and you see like that he's not free of his burden he doesn't get to have he shouldn't get to have like any kind of redemption no yeah and yeah jane shouldn't have to feel any sort of attachment to him he is like the number one gaslighter his character gaslights us through this entire uh freaking movie and we have to like be in the dark and like experience what jane is experiencing but we also like feel the tension of her being inside her own relationship and feeling like she can't control what's happening because there isn't any like absolute truth being shared with her because she trusts him and loves him and tells and asks him for the truth and he tells her that he's giving it to her and then only when a dead woman comes and shows her evidence does she finally like get the truth it's yeah it's not fair and at least she like she leaves i wish she just left and never came back because she leaves and that's good and she should go live her life and finish university and and the fucking fact that ton is still making nat do emotional labor after her death after after her her death death. like basically at his hands is just unreal like Letting Jane be in the dark about this and knowing that Tan is, like, around, exists in this, like, realm of reality and has the truth and will probably reveal it to Jane. It's just unreal. Why would you keep the negatives, Tan? Fucking idiot. Why would you keep the negatives? Yeah, I mean, just, like, if you're not going to turn your shitbag friends in, then, like, burn them. And yourself, yeah. And yourself. I don't know. Even, and, like, she died like you never saw her again and you just like you never worried about it you just never worried about her she was fine like what the fuck yeah yeah and then like it's just the fact that he's like a photographer and that he's like don't trust a man that's a photographer yeah um that's why i appreciate jane being a photographer is like she's taking over that role but then in the end she's like just another woman going back to an oppressor. I don't know. I hope she interns with the editor-in-chief at the tabloid and becomes, like, the expert in spirit photography in Bangkok. Yeah. <laughs> she seemed really interested in it. Um, and, yeah, she's definitely the smarter of the two of them. But Yeah. But, yeah. Obvi. Obviously. Anything else you want to say? I don't know. I really like this movie, despite its problems. It definitely has problems, but I also think it's surprising. It's complex. And for two, like, for a male writer-director team, I think that they wrote a couple of, like, interesting female characters. Although I think they fall down in many ways. Are one-dimensional and definitely, I don't know, the handling of the sexual violence was really one-dimensional. And, like, the fact that... Nat just goes home and tries to kill herself and then it eventually succeeds without like really seeing any more into her story is kind of frustrating. It's uh, also but, like, but it also feels like that's what's supposed to happen because they're intentionally using ton to gaslight the viewer. Right. Right. But it's also like, I don't know, what is that saying about like women who do experience sexual violence? It's like the only way you're ever going to feel complete is if you come back as a ghost and murder the men who raped you and then you get stuck with the boyfriend that was shitty to you like that's yeah (laughs) and I would say like I don't know if if uh, like men are gonna write scenes of sexual violence like this like please like talk to survivors and like right really like do it thoughtfully and this was not thoughtfully done whatsoever it was I mean I I kind of, like, even though this is the third time I've seen this movie, I kind of forgot how explicit the It's extremely upsetting. Was. I was yeah. like, <gasps> there's, like, a thin shelf. But other than that is, like, you're completely, like, and you're, like, I don't, I appreciate that you're looking at her, like, as she's being betrayed by somebody. You're not, like, experiencing her betrayal through, like, Tun's eyes. Like, you're yeah. looking at her being betrayed. I appreciate that, but. Um, it was visceral and yeah, super tricky. It was warning, actually like sure. probably one of the more upsetting rape scenes I've ever seen in a film. So right. if you are a survivor of sexual violence and you're listening to this and you're like, should I watch the movie? You don't have to like <laughs> we went. Through I, it. I wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, I don't. I also like we don't know anything about. Thai culture. I'm not a Thai person. I am nah. not a Japanese person. I so 
Um, we did as much research as two, two, two dumb of white ladies <laughs> yeah. can. Yeah. A couple of dirt bags. Over Maybe here. we should get more into J horror and become like a little bit better versed in it so we don't sound like such fucking assholes. I mean, I just can't say the words right, right? So No, and um, I don't think anybody's gonna indict you for not pronouncing things. Uh I think my favorite scene is Nat on the ceiling. Um, that was really fun. She was like, it was really good. Down. She was good on the ladder too. Yeah. But, like, it's, like, that's borrowed heavily from J-Horror. Like, pretty much, like... Yeah. Word for... Shot for shot. Yeah. Word for word, shot for shot. But uh, still fun. Still good. Everybody steals from everybody else. Do we know what we're doing next week? <sighs> I don't think we do. Oh, my gosh. It's up to everybody. Maybe we should make an Instagram poll. We'll do a poll. We, we have really been neglecting the Instagram. Sorry, uh, Low-key, I just put Not a that really... You care. <laughs> I just put a really riveting image of my our seltzers, so that's good. Right. But so we'll get lots of traffic. But uh, <laughs> yep. <laughs> thanks for listening to us, Babble Shutters. Uh, even you know, I understand if you don't want to watch it because of the triggers, but um, it's a pretty interesting movie, and I liked it. So I liked it too. As a first time viewer, it was uh for sure worth it. And it's also our first foreign film. I know. We need to do uh, J-horror, and I think uh-huh. we need to do some Spanish horror, too. Yeah. Yeah. Technically, I guess Suspiria is foreign, because it's Italian, but... Ah, uh, it's still so very so white, American, yeah. yeah. And very white. Ugh, wow. So... We, oh, go ahead. I was going to say Spanish horror has a lot of... Um, and French horror, they're all about the poop over there. Like, poop jokes, incest jokes. All, also It'll dead kids. They're, like, dead billion kids. dead kids. Yeah. yeah. Which is fine. I don't like kids, so uh, the, <laughs> the deader the better. Just just kidding. I didn't say that, you guys. <laughs> I'm going to put that on. The, that'll be your quote for your lifetime. Your no, yearbook quote. I'm never going to get The deader the better. Never going to get another job. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, jobs are stupid. Just kidding. Hire me. At Abigail underscore Welty. Hire me. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, the cast is on Instagram at Spooky Succubus underscore cast. We're also on Patreon. You can find our link um, in the Instagram link tree or you can Mm -hmm. go to patreon.com slash Spooky Succubus cast. Please. Our Patreon is like we have so many faithful friends. So many aka eight. But like. Who wants to be our ninth patron? Anyone feeling right. crazy? We're also, as it stands, 31 followers from 666, which was <gasps> our original goal. That'll be such a big day for us. Should we have um, a virtual party? Yes. With us and our eight friends. Um, we love you guys. I do. Um, uh, so we'll make I a say, poll like literally right after this. So once yeah. you're hearing this, we'll already have decided. So get, yeah. in, get in early. You're in the past. Um, <laughs> Whoa, time warp. Maybe we'll do more posts. But yeah, like polls. We need to do more shit because, I mean, life is hard right now. I just have no time. I got no it's bandwidth. True. I can't. I'm like a 1998 processor over here. Oh, you guys, I got my <laughs> nice. I got my fat vaccine, my fat privilege vaccine. So <laughs> come at Ooh, me. Come to I'm Boston. still over here. Unvaccinated. Already had COVID. So, you know, hey, it's cool. I my body gets marginalized all the dang time. So if they're going to give me a vaccine That's for being okay. fat, I'm cool with it. You know, <laughs> I wish they would take a look at the numbers and be like, oh, Latinx people are really affected. Oh, black people are really affected. Maybe they should get vaccinated first. But no, we live in a white supremacist hellscape. (laughs) Massachusetts literally has a BMI calculator on the state website. I was like, this is fake science. Oh, my God. Everybody go fuck themselves. God. Yeah. So fuck the BMI chart to start today. What do you have? Fuck the BMI chart. Fuck whitewashing. Fuck uh, erasure of indigenous indigenous, indigenous erasure cultures. yeah yeah um fuck the patriarchy fuck, fuck sexual ton. violence yes fuck ton i mean i would kind of like kinda in, like fuck ton i would have like sex with them yeah really hot yeah but um like super toxic i'm sure ananda 
is a great person. He's so hot. Yeah, even with the stupid facial hair, I still was like, "Mm, yeah. We were talking about this before, is that, like, he's so attractive that I don't understand, like, with the popularity of this movie, how he didn't get it, like, Western American movie roles. What's he up to now, did you say? Just kind of, like, doing... He's he's like, in Thailand still making he's not, he does a lot stuff. of romance. He was in something called Love H two O. That's too Maybe sexy for me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> report back for me if it's on Netflix or one of my other streaming services. I'll watch it and I'll report. Back. Oh yeah, and this one is on Netflix since we're trying to be a little bit more inclusive and go to right. platforms that people may already have access to. If you don't have access to a Netflix account, I'll just give you mine. I don't care for real. You can DM me. It's also Adam, so <laughs> I really don't care. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Should we should we go make this poll? Yeah. Okay. Thanks for listening. Yay. We love and you. Bye. Bye.